You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to episode seven, season two, episode seven of the Reflections Music Podcast. I'm with my man Ash, as always. How you doing, Ash? Hello, hello, hello. Very good, very good. Hope everyone is well, safe, and enjoying life in a, in a hopefully an unrestricted way. I mean, in, in the UK, we're, we have been very restricted and restrictions are lifting and more and more people are out and about, which is, is nice to see that normality. So again, hope everyone is, is keeping safe and getting a vaccine where you can get a vaccine. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. Cool. How about yourself? I'm good. I didn't introduce myself. I'm Jamie, by the way, and I'm good. I am. I am definitely good. Um, yeah, restrictions are, are lifting, so that's always good for me. So I, I can't complain too much about that. So today we are doing Glenn Lewis, "World Outside My Window." Glenn Lewis, Glenn, 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 Glenn Lewis. You know what my 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 when when we said we were doing this, you know what my thoughts were? My first thing I thought was he brought back the dark skinned pretty boy. That's that's all I thought. <laughs> it was the rise of the dark skinned pretty boy. I was just like and it's funny because I'd forgotten. Just going back and watching those videos, I was just like, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, we're back, baby. We're back. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah I don't know and then obviously obviously the uh, the singles and and uh, just uh, yeah just being into him a new person a new person because um, I guess up until 2002 a lot of what we listened to were apart from Bilal um, a Bilal. lot of them were second second albums right up to mm-hmm. this point yeah. so this is another new artist along with Bilal and it was just nice to be getting some new blood into into the scene so yeah and kind of different as well same and we'll get into why there's a lot of sameness there but obviously different as well you know own spin of <laughs> things for those who don't know Glenn Lewis is not American he's Canadian by way of Jamaican parents which I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know about the West Indian roots either. No, no But again, that actually makes a lot of sense with some of his later releases. Right, exactly. How it all ties up. Exactly. Uh, right. And it's very authentic. Yep. So, Ash, what, is, what, what are your recollections of World Outside My Window? Um, I, I really liked it. I really liked his his tone I, I think that's the thing that always gets me about him is his vocal tone it's it, again kind of similar to music soul child it's not one of those amazing like outlandish vocals that just are like blow your mind it's more of this just kind of really nice warmth and tone to a vocal i think i actually prefer it to music soul child's voice actually um, I do, and and I, and yeah, and I don't think I don't feel like you should always get compared to Stevie Stevie Wonder, which we'll probably get into as well. Like I, I think his his voice has its own merit and its own lane, and it was again like we were saying, it was nice 
to have a new character and a new voice mm-hmm. in the neo soul scene um and sector and it it drops really well um and yeah just just some some nice tunes a, a lot of heartache in the album Man. and that i definitely connected to um <laughs> at the time so i can i can say that that's where i was on in a journey listening to this album um but yeah it was good it was good and it was a it was it just yeah, I won't go into too much. I feel like we need to, to open up and dive in more. But mm. I, I think I agree with you in terms of the overriding feel was this is a new voice, this is a new character, and I like it, and I want to get into it, and I want to want to know more about it. Um, and, he, and he delivered. He delivered, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, not saying that at the time I was getting near soul fatigue, but it's just... It's just there, apart from, if you want to factor in um, other genres or other styles of soul, you got the you got the R&B side. In terms of new voices, you only had like, it was only, it was only um, um, Alicia Keys. She was new the year before. Mm. And Blau. And this dude, really. Everyone is the second album or a third album. And it's just not, not, not fatigue, but it's just like, you know what those artists are about, really. You know what I mean? You're just expecting mm. good music, but sometimes you just need, it just, you know, the industry needs freshen up and your ears needs freshen up. They need to hear something new. So yeah, breath of fresh air, this album, definitely, I would say. So it was released March 19th, 2002. Uh, it was on Epic, which was part of Sony Music at the time. Writers on this album, there aren't many. So you got Glenn mm. Lewis himself, uh, Andre Harris and Vidal Davis. So Dre and Vidal, that um, production team or writing production team that we've heard so much about uh, since we've been doing season two of this podcast. <laughs> They're everywhere. And uh, Marcia Ambrosius. Um, uh, that's quite an obvious one considering she's worked a lot with Dre and Vidal. Uh, a chap called Mark Byers and another dude called Herschel Boone. And producers on this album are strictly Dre and Vidal and Glenn Lewis himself. Yeah. And uh, I just did not realise. So during the research, I didn't realise that this is basically an Andre, a Dre and Vidal tour de force. This is just like, they're driving the whole album. They just done the whole album. Mm-hmm. And again, um, as I said before, probably at this point, I should stop looking at the credits of albums because I didn't realize that they they had done Michael Jackson's Butterflies. I did not but know that. That's like, Well, it came under their credits as well. Maybe he produced it. So Yeah, because it's a flowetry yeah. song. It's a flowetry song, isn't it? It's a flowetry song, song. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah they so, picked it up. Or, so or they got MJ the production credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know they were involved. It's like I just. I just. It's like I. I didn't know who they were basically at the time. Um, it's mad. And um, obviously, music soul, Charles stuff, and flowetry that we said. But what I didn't know is that they also did Chris Brown's Yo. Do you remember uh, Yo? I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Listen to that. I was like, oh man, yeah, took me back. And uh, when uh, Chris Brown was like young and sweet, and. Uh, before That's the, the first album. Yeah, before the tats. Before the tats and the wildness. Mm. Um, 
And they also did Sierra's O. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. That, did, that's them. That's them, man. They're so versatile. It's untrue. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That shocked the hell out of me as well. So, yeah. So, we'll probably keep keep coming back to a bit of Dre and Vidal. Um, this album did really well. It peaked number four on the US pop charts and number two on the US R&B really? charts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you're that's on the internet. It surprised, it surprised me as well. It's, if anyone said what album did better, uh, Bilal's or this one, instantly I just say Bilal's. It just felt like it was... <clears throat> yeah, but apparently not apparently not and um yeah man what do you think that was i think i think his sound is more accessible i think i think the 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 production of it is just really it's just really accessible nice it's just nice music it's really nice music mm-hmm. nice music he's a good looking guy his voice is it's got that it's, it's got enough of the Stevie Wonder that how people be like oh yeah that's nice and it's got enough music soul child so that's familiar as well but then it, like you say it's got its own thing as well so all that and he looks good so I think there's a there's a lot behind that he had a lot going on I could see why he would he he got signed he he seemed like a real good package you know so that's what I think what do you think yeah, I think I think that's really fair. Um, I reckon as well, just in terms of releases as well, we, we talked a lot over the last couple of podcasts about 2001 being such a, uh, an epic year for releases and artists Indeed. breaking through and coming out. So, you know, for a new artist coming through uh, amongst the kind of the backdrop of Indiari, Nelly Furtado, Alicia Keys, no doubt. You know, all that mm. stuff that was going on in the world. Um, it was probably a quieter time and gave him a chance to break through. And the lead single kind of had enough time as well to just, it, you know, yeah, well, I mean, we'll go into it in a minute, but like it, it was a different type of lead single. It was something a bit new and something a bit different in terms of, of song content. Um, which I think again helped set it apart and helped lead into a good album release launch and mm. people wanting to listen and find out more about him and hear what was going on. Um, so yeah, yeah, but still, that's, that's a strong performance. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, taking all that into account, someone was doing their job right in yeah, terms yeah, yeah, yeah. of releasing it at the right time and mm-hmm. and yeah, making sure it got out to as many people as it did. Absolutely. So first single since yeah that was a nice segue Ash first single Don't You Forget It released November 6th 2001 so remember this album released March 19th 2002 written by um Lewis so I always get them two mixed up so no not Lewis obviously Lewis Dre Andre Harris and Lewis wrote this one produced by obviously Dre and Harris together. This was uh, number 30 on the US pop charts, number 10 US R&B charts. I put my notes say, <laughs> Lewis Ke- comes out swinging with this one. I was like, this mm. tune, I loved it. I, yeah. I think it's one of the strongest, especially in the season two, we've did, we're like the season two of this podcast. This is like, it's up there with like one of the strongest opening releases. It's, mm-hmm. it's catchy. 
it's so singable. Like one of those songs where everybody not only knows the words, but they know all the ad libs, all the BVs. <laughs> like it was so funny. I was uh, it was my brother's birthday about when was it about two weeks ago, and we were having a good time. The drinks were flowing. Then the music starts playing, and we played this tune, and me and him did the worst duet of this song. <laughs> but everyone was busting up because we just knew all like like everything you know it's, it's one thing when when someone's singing like the verses or the chorus but when you start doing the ad-libs and the other person starts doing all the bvs it's just like you just it's just one of those songs everybody knows it you know every single part you know every single uh like little guitar lick it's just it's one of the catchiest tunes i can think of since um uh music soul child's um Bum, 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 bum. I'm blanking on the name, mm-hmm. you know, but it's 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 in that vein, yeah. catchy like that. Did Dre and Villal do that? Just friends, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure they did. They did, right? Yeah. Them dudes know what they're doing. Mm. They know what they're doing. Yeah, man, it's just a great song. And um, <laughs> my recollection of this as well, I was just instantly, I was just like, oh yeah, Steve Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I'm in mm. which is which is which is so it's, it's lazy but at the time that's what that's what I was thinking and um, yeah but obviously with Dre and Vidal it's got that sort of like contemporary sort of like hip hop feel to it and uh, yeah man it's just it was just great it's just a great song I love the video obviously I was like oh yeah dark skin guys up in the house feeling that um, I love this apartment but at the time, I loved his apartment, but watching it this time, the video this time, I was like, no, what I love is that he's got a shitload of vinyl. And mm. he's got a shitload of vinyl, and that's the kind of collection that I have. Like, maybe, like, I'll inherit my dad's vinyl collection and, and I can sort of, like, install that in my house. But I'm feeling that. I'm feeling everything. I think everything's perfect, man. I think the video looks good. Mm. Um, yeah, it's done really well. Yeah, it's great. Great, great, great. Yeah. How do you feel? And, uh, yeah, I just, I really like the song content. I just, I love the fact that it's not a love story. It's not a breakup. It's not, you know, it, it's it's something about just not forgetting where you come from and not mm-hmm. forgetting yourself and, mm-hmm. and being true to yourself and, and finding your way through. Um, and that kind of struggle of leaving leaving something to go and chase a dream and going into the big world and the big world not being it is a big bad world, you know, and it's not as nice and as friendly as you might expect it to be. And you face challenges and it was interesting reading up on it and him talking about it. And he was, he was, he said when he wrote, he was talking about it from a female perspective, but actually as he got into it and he recorded it, he kind of realized that actually he was talking about himself and leaving Toronto and kind of going to Philly and, mixing with all of these people and you know you know you know stevie wonder held him up and, and called him up and called him out and not called him out sorry but you know wanted to meet the guy behind yeah. the song and he's he's around all of these people and he's questioning whether he sh- he's worthy of being in in this in this room you know and he, he was more than worthy of being in the room but you can question yourself and you can art and if you've got that self-doubt within you um, it can be really tough. Yeah. And I felt like this was a great anthem 
for for people anywhere you know like it's just and like you said it's got that singability about it that makes it an anthem that anyone can just jump on and if they're feeling a bit down or feeling a bit low you could put that on and you know it's weird like it's, it's not super sad there's kind of sad moments but then it kind of rises up and it it's not into a super happy everything's going to be all right it's just yeah you're going to be cool like let's pick it up let's move on be true to yourself you're going to be cool let's let's go um and yeah i, I really liked that about it i think i think as well the single helps like freeway jumped on it uh yeah and his song um as well with, around the back end uh, alan anthony who did the vocal on that freeway track did his own version as well so the actual sound of the song and the single kind of got extra leases of life through that and took it into another market and not to say that like the two songs were linked i don't think loads of people linked up mm. but i do think it still kind of gave the song an extra lease of life yeah going because what with you said the album got released in march and this one the single got released yeah the, the november so march 19th november yeah and the, yeah, yeah this was released in november before so, so that, that's a good lease of life that it's been given, you know, to keep people wanting to write, when's this album coming? I'd like to hear it. And, you know, again, video really strong. This is a time when MTV definitely in the UK was king. And, you know, for all black people, that that's where we were watching, what we were watching. And that video was on regular rotation and definitely oh kind of ticking a box Goodness. for all the neo soul heads. And, but, and for the R&B heads as well, because, it, you know, it, yeah. it, it was accessible. Like you said, you know, it, it carried over to that market. They could listen to it. They could enjoy it. Um, and they did, I think. So, yeah, job really, really well done on a first single. I think that's probably one of the strengths of, of Dre and Vidal and, you know, coming to realise that they did, they also worked in the R&B, the, the full R&B space as well with artists like Sierra and that like that. When they do their Neo Soul, it's like they make it accessible to them R&B heads, you know, who aren't always, don't always want to hear that Neo Soul kind of stuff, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's too moist for them, but they make, I mean, I know loads of people who who at the time just don't like don't like um not not don't like but not into neo soul but they will know like your music soul child tunes everyone knows just friends you know what i mean everybody yeah. knows this everyone knows it it's uh it's a really great tune and it's one of those ones for me a lot <laughs> well i've come to realize doing this podcast a lot of songs at a time were important to me, but over the 20 years, you know, they've died down, they died, not died of death, but you just don't listen to them as much. But don't you forget it is in the, uh, is in the, is in the space of like about with, that lives alongside 10 songs that have been steadily, I've steadily played over the last 20 years or 19 years. No, it's 20 years. In November, it'll be 20 years this got released. So yeah, that I've, it's, it's been consistently in all my playlists across various various like um you know music players so yeah this is this is a great song man amazing anything less to say should we move on to the next one yeah let's move on let's move on so ash and this oh and this is why i've come to realize why this album is so important to me because the second release on this album 
has also stayed in steady rotation for the last 19, 20 years. It's not fair. Released April 2nd, 2002. Written by Lewis and Drain Vidal. Produced by Drain Vidal. This one only got to um, a US R&B position, chart position of 90. Um, so it didn't do great. But man, do I love this song. Do I love this song. Um, talking about something that hits you in your core, you feel it. You just feel this tune. From, in fact, Ash, I started off the last one. You start off this one, I'll get back to you. No, you no, no, I think you need to start this one. I think you need to start this one. <laughs> All right, so. Because I'm not a fan. Oh, you're not a fan? Oh my gosh. No, nah, right. I'm not. So you, cool. you, you, you wax right. lyrical about it. Let's, let's go with the positives first. I, I will, I will wax lyrical. Okay, so this song, it gets me from the moment it starts with that piano and it sounds mm-hmm. like it's in like an empty concert hall. Em- hall? Hall. An empty concert hall. It's got that sort of like that reverb going on and it's just like, and it reminds me of if anyone's ever listened to Donny Hathaway's um, Song For You it starts in a similar way and it's got that classic feel feel to it and um, I just I just think it just it just sounds so classic Um, and I just think it's got it's so melancholy so mournful but just really well written and there's not a lot of instrumentation to it. It's just basically piano, some strings, and the strings come in later and they adds to that. It adds to that mournfulness. Mm. And I think his voice sounds amazing on it. Um, he, whereas if, um, don't you forget it, is like contemporary, like um, contemporary Stevie Wonder, you could say. I, I find this is more, he's like, okay, I'm doing not like, old school Stevie Wonder I'm sort of like taking a little bit of Stevie Wonder and a little bit of Donny Hathaway putting it all together putting my voice on it and I'm giving it out to people and I just think it's great plus the subject matter um, that, that kind of subject matter always gets me never been in that situation before but if I ever was it's just it's one of the worst things <laughs> like your boy could ever do to you so it's like I feel it and the videos again video shot really well it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, man, I've got, I've been listening to this every, yeah, it stayed on every playlist since, since it came out. Um, yeah, what else can I say? You used to talk about it and tell me what you don't like about it. And then, because usually when people tell me what they don't like about things, I will come back with more that I do like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know what? I think... I think my problem with it is is more about the album as a whole and its placing in it. Um, it's quite low. And I it? don't think it. I, I don't think it should be the second single. Um, no, I feel like there's other choices for a second single that can kind of keep on painting the story and, and telling the story um, rather than just kind of getting straight to this point of it's not fair and you know like um, this sounds like a third a third single to be fair to be fair I, yeah. I, I, I will say that it does sound like a third single 
Um, so it's right the way down the album. Um, you know, it's like track 10 or track 11, like right towards the end, which again, I've got no qualms with that. What I do have qualms with, with if like at least three or four of the songs beforehand have been talking about the same type of subject matter about breaking up or maybe we should get back together again or da 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 da. And you know, you, you have four or five songs of that ilk and then you get this one as well. And it's just like, Oh, it's another one. And now you're talking about it's not fair. Bruv, life's not fair. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not, that's the way it goes. So for me, it, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of, so you're saying, of Mario Winans. So I don't want to say- know. And, no, you don't want to know, mate. We don't want to know. Like, so, stop whining. Basically, stop whining. I was about to say, so basically, go. You, you're objecting to how much he's whining. <laughs> yes, some artists I are whining. Do, you know, so, do you know what that's like? That's like when I, I started going off Joe. I'm like, Joe, like, why don't you just stop talking about other men's women? Go get your own. Like, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> what are you doing? Just stop it. Just go get your own woman and leave leave other people's relationships alone. That's uh, yeah. So I, I get I get what you're saying about the whining. I do. Yeah. So I, I think it's more that like the song itself, like it's not a bad song at all. Like again, he does sound really strong. I love the fact that you know throughout the album he never goes out of his lane. Like he he keeps his vocal in its lane. He knows he knows how he's supposed to hit. He knows where he can hit people at, at its height mm-hmm. and how he can use his voice to kind of take people on the journey rather than, you know, what we were talking about with Music Soul Child and hitting a note this one time in the studio that <laughs> then he would fail to replicate again and again and again. Yeah. Like Lewis, Lewis knows how to use his voice and, and work it. You know, and and how to how to look after you as a listener. I think um, Glenn Lewis is one of those people who, um, whilst not probably having a great voice, um, for me, this this is mainly my opinion. Um, not having a great voice, he has a great sound. I always felt I always felt the same mm. way about. Um, oh my gosh, Amy Winehouse. Like some people think she's a she's a great 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 singer. I that not for me, not technically a great singer, but man, does she have a great sound. She sounds great on record. She knows know? what she's doing. Yeah. Like she, she knows how to manipulate. She exactly. knows what she's working with. Right. And she knows how to exactly. make sure that the, the tracks complement that. Exactly. So she shines in the best light. Yeah. And they do that really well because there's no point through this album where I, I'm like, right, you're trying it, mate. Or <laughs> I'm not really feeling this. Like, exactly. You know, like every, every single song, he sounds amazing. And I, I, and I think that really really good job because i would agree i don't think he is the strongest vocalist in the world like but he he uses what he's got and that's that's a joint effort between him and the songwriting and the production and then working together as a team to make sure it's right uh, and they get it right you know and, and again you know very good video as well so that's two really strong I would have liked to seen him deck the guy to be perfectly honest with you I think he should have thrown up thrown one at him rather than just kicking him out of the house but yeah like you know like again record company wise you know, we've talked about this a lot in previous pods it's important to get the look and the image and the feel right um and they did that with both videos to kind of make it stand out although i don't remember seeing this video as much as, no, as it, the first it thing. just wasn't it just like, wasn't I, as, I really don't remember it being around it just wasn't as as yeah it just wasn't in like heavy rotation like 
Um, it's, um, don't you forget it. Um, you know what though? About the video, I was talking about laying it on thick. They couldn't have built up the 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 scenario worse. Like the fact that they had the kid, kid there playing outside. He comes home. He's got he's got their son. The son's there, and he's like, and and his wife and who his best friend. Who does that? And I'm like, you're watching it. You're just like, man, they're just they're really hitting it home. This. Dude is despicable. This is the worst human being ever. And I was like, wow, proper laying it on thick. Yeah, it works. Um, it got me in. So. Yeah, and, and again, there's like there's another track on the album where where as he, as it's finishing and um, this love and now we've got to talk about our son. Now we've got to think about our son. So it, it feels like again, it leans onto a real life experience. Maybe not that happened to him, but happened to someone else. And again, for me, he could have told a story. Like you could have told a story and built people up to that or or taken them somewhere else. And I just, again, I don't feel like this was the second single. And then, mm. yeah, I would I would have I would have played it differently. That's all in terms of and that and that links to the album listing and and the way the album and the songs are put together on the album. Um, so I, I think that's where my gripe comes from, not necessarily from it as a song, although I do think that It's Not Fair is super whiny and just as a title, like, just, uh, yeah, jars me. Yeah. But um, I, love I, it. Get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Kills me. Kills me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and don't let me do like a um um a Donny Hathaway. I like sometimes I do like song for you, and then I do this like back to back. I do like this song back to back, and just like I'm just like, why am I making myself miserable? So singing this song for you is like <laughs> yeah, because like it's like it's two parts, right? So sing this song for you, Donny Hathaway is talking about um you know like this this long lasting love affair, and there's a part where he says, and when my life is over, like like they're going to grow all together and one of them will die and it's just like but you know we were in love and then you got the flip side to this one it starts similar starts similar to to song for you but then it just goes dark it's just like we were in love and then you just went and cheated on me with my best friend and yeah, yeah but then but then he's he's got songs like song for you on this album as well <laughs> talking about the long lasting love and like maybe we should get back together or maybe we shouldn't so like the whole time i'm listening to the album and then we get you you're like you go one way oh yeah we're breaking up but you know it'd be nice if we got back together don't you think it'd be good if we got back together? it would be good it'd be something to see it'd be a lovely dream and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then he'll just go to your oh so you're coming back now okay well look it's my time to run my game now and like i'm on and you're just it's going to come back around to haunt you and, and oh but yeah but maybe we should get back together oh but it's not fair you cheated on you know like I said it, I think when I listen to all of that and then I get to that again I'm like I've had enough like you, stop yeah, yeah I hate you yeah. But yeah, the album but the album's called World Outside My Window. So maybe it's just like this is all the stuff that's around him. So this is a this is a combination of his experiences plus experiences around him and you know, it's just and that's why it sounds a bit like wow do you have any happiness or like are you a bit like schizophrenic because you, it's like you're going back and forth back and forth back and forth <laughs> and it's like what's going on like one minute you're here next minute you're there and, and maybe it could have been just a uh, you could have remedied that by just doing a simple re- rearranging of the track listing like because you're like you're like a track listing guy so i can imagine like you get given this set of songs you could do you could revise this track listing and do something that was maybe a bit more coherent 
Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, I was trying to, and it, it's not straightforward. Like, I, I thought, it, I thought actually, this is a really simple task, so I tried to do it. I, I bet you did. I bet you like, did. <laughs> you know, it, it, it actually isn't that straightforward, and right. the narrative of a clear story isn't quite there. But it could have been, and yeah, I, I just, I just think it could have been a bit more impactful. Because that's the thing. Um, that's that's the thing with track listings, right? Is you got to get the there's a there's a there's a puppy balance there's a balance that needs to be met where it's between the narrative of the album and what works in terms musically as a, as a track listing mm-hmm. as well because obviously yeah. you as a dj you know like certain tunes just don't work following another tune so yeah it's quite difficult how but i don't know i don't know anyway, but also you know we, go, we've talked about ahead. some of the best albums having arcs and telling stories. You know, Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite is a full album of that. Yep. We talked about it on the Bilal podcast where he yeah, had yeah. the free tunes. Oh, man. Uh, music Soul Child's one as well. He had a bit of an arc. Like, you know, like it, it can make a difference to an album as a whole. And in a time when album was just about still king, um, it was important. And yeah, yeah well, maybe this is the, the way it could have done. Maybe this is the birth. Well, I suppose it was like mid 2000s was the birth of people not really listening to albums as albums anymore. They were just listening to like, oh, um, you know, I just like that song and I just like that song. I just like it was well, it was coming, you know, with the with the birth of iTunes and being able to like just, you know, just pick songs like uh, that's how you did, dissect albums. Like it wasn't about the full album anymore. So maybe this was like the beginnings of it. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, Ash, that leads us on to the best of the rest. And uh, you go first, <laughs> because I reckon this is first. this is going to be a really interesting one. Because there are some. Is, did, are you surprised? Did you know before I said that there were only two releases from this album? Um, yeah, I did know. I did know. Do you think and, it's a bit, that's, a bit that's weird? Part of my issue. It's a bit strange, isn't it? I, I think because the second single just didn't do very well at all. They didn't bother. Kind of killed it. Like. Yeah, I, I think they, they they saw the success of the first single and then they, you know, just listening to your reaction to that song, mm. I'm pretty sure everyone thought it was going to drop the way yeah. that, you know, the mm. way you've talked about it mm-hmm. was the way they thought most people will talk about it and it would drop and it exactly. would push the album on further and push him on further. And I, and I don't think it did. Um And, you know, that, that was part of the problem and they decided not to put more money into another single because maybe they didn't feel like they could get more out of it. Sure. Um, but it, it's, yeah, I, I don't think it's the second single. So for me, mm-hmm. I, I, I would have probably dropped This Love. Like, uh, I really like the way that song builds and that song leads into it. Like, I, I, it just has a nicer overall feel. Uh, about a love story and about it coming to an end and maybe there's a chance and that but just the way the song is constructed and put together um i think it works well and i feel like it would have pulled people in a little bit more yeah. or maybe you could have dropped this after it's not fair like he's done it's not fair he's seen it happen and da, 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 and now he's had a bit of time to reflect and right we've got to go our separate way still but yeah let's try and do this in a nice way and you know and i think it could have worked a bit better but i do enjoy that song i do like it i like it a lot i like it a lot um i had this down as a as a single especially around about that time 
again, it sounds like oh, I hate going back to it, but it sounds like a, it sounds like a music soul child tune, and it sounds like a a, a music soul child sound um, type of release as well. And it just, I actually think it obviously screams um, release. And um, maybe the plan was to release this after it's not fair, and like you say, mm. it's not fair. Didn't do well, and then this got scrapped. But you flip that, you flip that, you release this second. I think you still then you get a third single after if you release this love second. It's nice. It's really yeah. nice, and um, yeah, it's just very much of the time. It's so it's such a early two thousands and two neo soul style tune, and because. Jay and Vidal everywhere at this point so that's why it sounds in this in that it sounds correct for that time period you know you, I can't imagine listening to this song back in 98 you know when we, when we were doing all those albums yeah. this is very it's very much of the time you've spoken about it a lot it's like yeah it's very I mean it's not hip hoppy but it's got it's got that kind of sound that says R&B guys you might like this too come listen to this mm. you might like this it is moist and it is neo soul but you know you can you can still be into it but yeah yeah i like it it's it's got it's got one of those choruses where uh it's just really simple simple melody again but really catchy this song stays in my head really sing along yeah really sing along yeah lovely, lovely like bvs on it as well yeah, exactly you know you, 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 you know you could be yeah. swaying and yeah yeah, you know, yeah yeah do you know what it, it would have been really nice to record yeah quietly you know you go through this album you realize glenn lewis is a bit of a bv master man like his bvs are mm. really good because i imagine I, I think ambrosius has a lot to do with that right maybe maybe yeah yeah, yeah. she yeah. is like vocally like is is excellent right of course um yeah you know without without a shadow of a doubt and like again to think that this was before the flowetry album so she you know she had all these writing chops that she's and she's still young in the game like it shows a lot of her her real raw South London talent yeah. that was there and just went out to Philly and absolutely bossed it um, and showed just her, her credibility, you know, and what she brought to the game. Because you're right, you know, all throughout the album, there are some really strong BB lines and just yeah. nice, nicely adding to the track and again, complimenting his voice, allowing his voice to really shine and show its warmth because it's why I say he's like a back and vocals master because obviously there's the melodies to it and the melodies are really nice and some of the lines are really quite intricate but then a lot of the BVs he's doing the BVs himself so it's his voice as well and and it just shows like he's able like some of those lines you just you hear it you're just like that's that's quite difficult what you're doing and you're just you're really pulling it off and it and it I just think like it's quietly amazing it's it's probably something that you know I don't think like everyone's into backup vocals as much as we are um, but you know it adds to it adds to the I don't know the overall feeling of a song you know strong backup vocals and I just think he's great at it and he's great song after song he's great at it so yeah it's cool mm-hmm. alright so my first one well, this love would have been my first one. Um, I don't know whether to do... 
I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go full moist yet. But you know, I'm going to go there. But I'm not going to go full moist yet. Uh, I like this is a weird one, Ash. But I actually see. I'm going off now. Things that after I listened to the album uh, two weeks ago, whenever I, to get to prepare for this podcast, things that stuck with me. And you know, it really stuck with me. Never too late. Mm. Never too late yeah. really sticks with me for some reason. I, 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 it's like a song I don't love, and it's not a song like when I put it on the album. I'm like when I look down the track list, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait for Never Too Late to come on. But after it plays, I'm just like, it's there. Never too late. Uh, BVs again. BVs again. Yeah. And it's, lose it all. Yeah, it's, it just, it stays in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got, it's, it's got, different as well. It's, it's mad it's different. different it's mad different. From a lot of the rest of the album. So it stands out yeah. a bit more. Um, I think so I, I think I think that's one of the reasons why it kind of it just shifts lane a little yeah. bit because um, it comes after the album as a whole it comes after is it true man it's like man it's you're, you're right now you now you said it this checklist is really weird it's really odd <laughs> yeah. so it comes out of nowhere and it's just like it's it's a real like lane changer and it was um my brother so when I was said to him uh, uh, we're doing this we're doing this album I was like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, text me the tunes that you love. And he texted me like the usuals. And then, and then about like a, two days later, and he goes, yeah, and never too late. <laughs> he goes, that's a banger. <laughs> and I'm like, it quietly is. It quietly is, but yeah, it's, it's a not a banger. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for that. Real, like, that is probably the most sort of R&B. If you're thinking, Dream, if, R&B heads know Dre and Vidal as doing like like straight R&B music this is the mo- this song is the most that's the song that's truest to that side of them because it's quite it's not Neo Soul to me I mean the only thing Neo Soul on it is Glenn Lewis to me when I hear it it's just mm. yeah so but yeah it it shouldn't fit on this album but I like it because it's like I like when people's like sort of like just jump outside their box so that works for me um going your next one um i really love the opening i love simple things as a as an opening to an artist and a debut album you know just that that little bit at the start where are we recording and mm. you know the strings in the background and then it just drops living line you know just as a opening as a debut artist, I just, yeah, I, I just think it it ticks so many boxes and it just makes me want to to listen to more of the album. It's not a first single, here's a banger, I'm in your face. It's just something that's quietly introducing you to him as an artist. This is my sound. This is my voice. Come and get to know me. Stay with me for the next 11 tracks. And I want to <laughs> stay with you for the next show, you know? you got me let's go let's do it and it just so again in the time when like i will always say in the time when album is king it's really important that you you get someone's attention and that they're just not gonna skip through um and you know this has been a long wait for the album you've waited like three or four months after hearing the first song and wanting to get to hear more and know more. And it's not like this was an album full of bangers. So I don't really remember hearing anything else from the album in in the lead up to it being released. So, you know, like as as someone you finally got the album, I want 
you know, I've wanted to have Don't You Forget It uh, unless you bought the single, like, which most people probably didn't. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was one that said, you don't need to skip. You don't need to skip strokes, don't you forget it. Have a listen. Let's see what's going on. And it leads well into Beautiful Eyes, which is another great song. Yeah, so what I like about Simple Things is similar to what you say as an opening. It sounds like, to me, it just sounds so, like, classic so you know what i said in the in his in his in um this uh don't you forget it video he's in the apartment and it's like it's so that apartment's so neo so plus with all like the vinyl and she's all like that and the, the way simple things start it sounds like it's almost like telling you oh yeah this is what you're gonna get you're getting you're getting neo soul shit like for the next 15 tracks it just sounds correct it sounds like oh yeah this is what we're gonna be this is what this is who this is what Glenn Lewis is. I'm from Canada, but yeah, you are getting some neo soul shit. That's what it's saying. And yeah. it's Philly. It's so Philly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It's really warm. It's really nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. It's it. It's actually. I actually think it's the correct choice as an opening single, <laughs> as an opening, not opening single, opening track on a, on an album because there is that. There is, you know, the opening single or the or your debut release is is never this is no no not never but it's not gonna be the same thing as what's right to open an album to start an album you know yeah that's 100 that's 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 it's almost a, yeah it's completely different lane cool so so what have i got left right, i'm getting moist all right so yeah since since we did the first ever podcast which actually technically technically it is on the track listing, <laughs> when you look at it, it's D'Angelo and um, Brown Sugar. But Ashley and I know that the first ever podcast recording we did was Maxwell's um, Hang Sweet. And we effed it up. So, <laughs> so we had to start again. <laughs> so we had to start again. We put music in it before we realized like, oh, you can't have, you can't just play the album indiscriminately. Like, who do you think you are? And uh, so, yeah. And then since then, it's been like just a long line of like, of just me just loving really, really moist tunes from from Maxwell's whenever, whatever, wherever to, and I, I always say they're moist and I always act like I don't like them, but I always end up talking about them. I'm trying to think, who's the other one that has a song similar <laughs> as well? Anyway, I can't think of the other artist who, who I was thinking has a song like this, but something to see. Is that song yeah. that is that song that always has that kind of Spanish guitar and it's just, but this one sounds like, um, yeah, this sound. This actually sounds really like whenever, whatever, whatever. It's like it. It was like he wrote it, and he's just like, you know what, man? I need. I need a song like that on my album. I have to have a song like that on my album. And I just think it's beautiful, but it's so damn moist. But I can't stop listening to it. And I just I, I like the acoustic guitar in it. I like his voice in it. What I like about his voice is that it's probably even though that he's got a lot of ballads on here, it's the one that really shows off his falsetto a lot. He doesn't really go into his falsetto mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and it just, he's so smooth with it. And obviously there's, there's a history of Neo Soul male artists. They, they all can use their falsetto. They all know what they're doing with their falsetto. But again, his one is very different from your Maxwell's, your Bilal's, your, your D'Angelo's. He's got his own, he's got his own version going on and it's really nice. 
And it's like what you said at the beginning, you know, it's kind of, it's almost lazy to say, oh yeah, to just say, oh, he's a, he's a Stevie Wonder clone. Stevie Wonder's the man that's not renowned for using his full setter. He's just like, if he, if Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder's got some moist tunes, but when he sings them, he sings them, he sings them hard, like Stevie Wonder. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. so, um, Glenn Lewis uses his full setter. It's just, it's just beautiful and it complements his tune. And I don't think it's, it, even though it's moist, it's moist as hell, I still find it more, I can listen to it, I can listen to this more in 2021 than I can do with any of Maxwell's like moist tunes. This one I can listen to now and and I don't feel like icky about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I think it's good. Guitar works excellent. String works excellent. He's excellent. It's a great song. I don't know about, let me see, it comes directly after Don't You Forget It. That's probably what makes me love it so much. Listening to it on the album and then you know, obviously, don't you forget it finishes. You're rinsing it. You want to go back. Something to see always made me like, oh, well, let me listen to this a bit. Then I go back to don't you forget it. So it probably helps it that mm. it was right after don't you forget it in the in the track listing. But yeah. Yeah, man. I just love this tune. What do you reckon? Do you like this one? I, lo- I love the bridge. Yeah, should ah. be trying to find a call. Four hour and floors. But no, just to be with you and in love, that's truly free. That could be you and me. Like songwriting and lyrics, like <laughs> are the reasons why. Even though it's moist, it's not as moist. Like that that line when it comes in, you just it just flows beautifully, like mm. on the track, mm-hmm. and it's it's just so nice. And it's just like, wow, couldn't every breakup be like this? Like you know, it it's. Yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous tune. Really showing off the songwriting, flexing the songwriting pecs. Like they've they've got it down. Um, and yeah, just and I, and you know the thing that kind of separates it from Maxwell's like whenever, whatever, wherever, whatever yeah. order that is in. Um, I've never like known. is that that's in that song is written in the midst of of being in love and proposing to someone. Whereas this one is talking about a love that's coming to an end and could it happen? Could it not happen? You know, it's not, it's not definite. So it's not just like a straight gushy. I love you song. It's more of a reflective, like this is starting to fall apart. Can it come back together? Could we do it? Um, And again, in terms of, of songs. So when we talk about Neo Soul, we're generally talking about Fender Rhodes and electric pianos and organs. And there's there's a bit of Hammond organ on here, but you know, it's about the acoustic guitar. And it it's always nice when you can have a song like that on the album that is more guitar focused compared to everything else, which is one of the other reasons why it stands out more. But what sometimes people don't get right is they don't make the most of that opportunity of this is your guitar track yeah it will stand out more can you maximize on that and really deliver a really good song and that's what this does it's a beautiful gorgeous song um and yeah again track listing wise it it could have been used to narrate the story of the album in a different place but like you said it you know it's it's such a strong song that I don't think there's too many others that you could have put after Don't You Forget It, which is, and Don't You Forget It, track three is perfect for a, a hit single. That's yeah. that's about where you'd expect it to be. So your track four still needs to be be 
pretty strong to, like you said, keep people not just keep on going back to track three, but actually yeah. exploring the album right. more. Exactly. And, it, and again, it keeps you on that ride. So, you know, yeah, great song. Definitely one of my, my favourites. No. I'm actually surprised about that, actually, but pleasantly surprised, I must say. So what's your... You got any more? You got any more? Um, I reckon you do. Yeah, so... I'm going to say... Yeah, you're so, going to... I'm thinking you're going to go Beautiful Eyes. I'm not. I okay. do like Beautiful Eyes. Okay. I, and I think the album could do with more Beautiful Eyes type <laughs> tracks. Yeah. It just needs some more probably happy yeah, love yeah. type songs. Beautiful Eyes is probably the only other track that I would play out off of the album. Like if I was, you know, if I was just doing a Neo Soul set, this is a song that I would play because it's got a nice groove, a nice feel. It's happy. It's, you know, like for all of this heartbreak, there must have been some love. Yeah. For all of this pain, there must have been some good times. Why aren't there more of these good times expressed on the album? It's, it's my bugbear about it, about the album as a whole, that there's not more of this. Um, so yeah, I do like that song, but the song that I really want to talk about, my favorite song is the last track, Your Song. I think Your Song is immense. I think it's an ode to Stevie um, with the, the EP, the, like the Fender chords, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaker, like, and the story that he tells in it, like, again, just, again, it's going back to this kind of love that's lost and maybe it could come back together and maybe it couldn't, but I just love the way he tells the story. The BV's coming in, held your all, but soon I'd let you fall, not meaning to at all. Like, and so on we go to where no one knows. Like, again, just an epic song. Really love the chord structure. Yeah, just the overall production and just a really great way to end an album that is full of heartbreak and lack of hope. Um, this one gave a bit of hope and gave a little glimmer um, and the warmth. Like, so when I think of Glenn Lewis's voice, uh, again, I'll, I'll always come back to his tone and this natural warmth and niceness that there is to it. And this song, like the production on this song, almost kind of like, it's almost like it's wrapping its arms around his yeah. voice and just cuddling it and letting it, letting it flow and letting it go. Um, and yeah, it's it's always been my favourite song on the album, um, okay. which is probably a little random one. But again, in an album where there's very few horns, um, <laughs> it's it was going to be probably not as obvious a choice for my favourite song. Um, but yeah, it's simple and it's yeah, it's great. I think. Mm. No, it is a tune. It is a tune. It's 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 not like my favourite tune, but. No, it is a tune. It, I never skip it. So that's, that's, you know, that's how it works. All right. So that brings us on to always my favorite part. I mean, I like talking about the tunes, but I'm a nerd. So I like talking about the legacy <laughs> and I like whining. This is when I get to whine <laughs> about Neo Soul. Where are they now? All right. So, uh, Ash, do you want to start off? The legacy part. Um, where, do you, where do you? It's like because it, it's so. This part we never know, right? So we never know. Well, no, not that we never know, but you can approach it two ways, right? You can have like it's the legacy of the album or legacy of the artist. It's inevitably though if the artist has got like 
the album like like he's got he's done multiple albums but this is the album right so then mm-hmm. the conversations becomes you know what happened to him <sighs> what happened to glenn why has he only got one iconic album and he's iconic he's iconic due just to, due yeah. to 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 that song alone makes it makes it so mm-hmm. you know and it drags all the other songs along with it so yeah so what do you reckon what happened uh I reckon, I reckon it's the industry as always. Um, you know, he's he's coming up at a time when we are starting to see the change uh, and the emergence of more technology and MP3s and bootlegging mm-hmm. and you know, the industry still hasn't kind of sorted itself out in terms of, of organizing that. He teases the second album. We get this amazing second album single, which deals with so many of my gripes about this album, about it being too one-dimensional in terms of it being about heartache and break. And it's this fun West Indian type R&B 2004 tune, like um, coming back for more, you know, and you're just like, yeah, come bring it, Glenn. Yes, Mm -hmm. let's do this. You know, and you want to hear that album and then the album never sees the light of day or, it, you know, as stories told it, it, you know, it's been bootlegged, it's been ripped, it's been leaked before he could release it and then he decides not to release it or put it out or I don't know, I don't know, just label politics. Yeah, and yeah, I thought... He then starts to get hurt by it all. Yeah, I know, thought it was the label who decided made. not to release it. Was it him? I thought I thought it was the label, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's like you just never know. You uh, like, will never know. Yeah, exactly that. It's, it's like, he, he doesn't really talk about it that much in in some of the interviews either. Like they, they touch on it, but never never really hear the full full reason. Yeah. Although I might be wrong, someone out there may well know the full reason. And if you do, please let us know. No, but, but it's funny yeah. though, right? Because this has happened. I can think of three times now this Blau. is happening. So mm-hmm. Blau was before, but was before this, but then it also happened to uh, Usher, right? So Usher was going to release before 8701. He had another album, right? That got leaked and then he scrapped it. And then he released 8701 later. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what happened again. So it's all around that sort of, I guess, what was it Napster then in the early 2000s? It was Napster, early right? Early 2000s, yeah. Late 90s. Late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, so, Napster. Yeah, so, yeah. There's... But also, you know, people have got CD writers now. They're, you know, they're getting stuff out there. And the internet. Was broadband ready yet? Were we still on, on dial-up? I think we might have still been on I, dial-up. I think, I think but, we're on dial-up, you know, yeah. It's getting faster and easier to to download tracks and, and take them and, and put them out into the internet for people to access and, and get hold of. Um and yeah, like you know, you know, he'd had a song. He was in the the Jennifer Lopez film Made in Manhattan. You know, like he was he was being set up like to to push on opening for Alicia Keys. Like that's a big deal. Like that's a massive deal. Do you know what? For me, like when he came out, right? I've got it written down here. I I felt at the time he came out so strong, had so many tools, right? That. And don't get me wrong, he's never going to be sort of like Maxwell and D'Angelo. But I felt like at that point, he could easily be on that next 
level that next tier below i'm t- I'm, I'm not talking i'm not talking about in terms of quality but in terms in terms of success because i always feel like after maxwell and d'angelo for male artists music soul charles the next tier because he's mm-hmm. you know he's just got bangers and like loads right and i felt that um glenn could have been there right you know just with all the tools he had at his disposal excellent production team you know they know they know how to write hits right but Clearly. are they excellent but they, like they, they're not gonna this, my, this is my other problem yeah but then, I know you're, I know like, you're gonna say stuff so one dimensional I knew you gonna say like, that this, cause you cause there's you, no where's the yeah. middle eight like what, you know they, they, the songs don't go anywhere and like his voice is great but it's not good enough for me to listen to the same eight bar pattern <laughs> over and over again. Like it doesn't, you know, and we talked about the backing vocals and the harmonies and stuff, and there are some great ad-libs as well, but there's nothing there that makes me still want to keep on listening four minutes in. Like I'm, I'm getting bored. Yeah. You I- know, and I put that more down to the, and again, like I've complimented the songwriting as well on this and there is great songwriting and there is great production but uh, there's also lazy production in terms of not taking the songs anywhere else and like coming up with another part and just having the same chords used over the chorus and the bridge and then uh, and then maybe just doing a breakdown in the middle eight section instead of doing a proper middle eight you know like I think if you if you go back to I don't know when did we start talking about Drain Vidal probably off um, Jill Scott's Jill first Scott. album right that's when we start talking about if you listen to all the tunes that's that's their formula and I think when I say great production team I just think I just mean in terms of just making songs or producing songs that people just listen to over and over and over and over and over and over again it's like they they obviously had a f- formula but they're not I mean no it's they're a they're a production team so it's not like you know it's not like say D'Angelo with you know D'Angelo is like he's like a genius musician and he's working with other genius musicians and they're trying to push the envelope these guys aren't pushing the envelope these guys are saying all right this is this is what we do this is this is and this is guaranteed this will guarantee you you know top 10 in the US R&B charts maybe a top 20 in the US pop charts this is what we do this is how we do it. And this is where Neo Soul starts to become a problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, 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 and so, I mean, we're, we're, talking, we're talking about Glenn Lewis and his legacy, but actually some of the points of this album tie into the legacy of Neo Soul as a whole and why the interest in it started to wither down. Because again, when we're talking about Dre and Vidal on Jill Scott's album, like I'm, I'm not talking about getting bored on any of the tracks. No. Like I'm not, talking about not being taken anywhere. And you know, part of that leads into my, my point about being an excellent vocalist and you can keep someone interested if you've got more tools at your disposal as a vocalist to kind of really keep you engaged and keep people going on a bit. But when you're someone like a Glenn Lewis and someone like a Music Soul Child, like there needs to be a bit more. Um, and it started to happen in Music Soul Child's later albums, you know, we got the first couple and I think that, you know, there's enough variety on albums one and two of Music Soul Charles and even potentially number three as well. Um, you know, but then it starts to just stick to this formula and at some point part of you wants more. And maybe that's me as a muso wanting, wanting more. Um, but I don't it, know. It probably is. Um, 
I would say, um, for me, you're right. You're absolutely right. And probably around about this time, I definitely started losing interest in um, Neo Soul. In fact, off the top of my head, and folks, I'm not saying we're not going to do any more Neo Soul albums, but right now, sitting here off the top of my head, I can only think of one more uh, Neo Soul album that really, that, that I could say sitting here without sort of like really thinking about it, that we need to talk about. Like, and that came out the next year. Should I say it? Should I not say it? Anthony Hammond. Yeah. Anthony Hammond mm-hmm. is the other one that I'm like, that that needs that needs a that needs a chat. But I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now, thinking, oh yeah, that's it. Because you're right. I I think I can't remember what podcast you were saying it. Was it like the the last of season two? Where at some point you started saying that remember when we were doing all the Philly artists, basically, and Dre and Vidal's name started coming up, and you said it had a you said I don't know if you use the word detrimental, but worse to that effect on the industry, like in terms of being samey samey. And now it's been like, as we're talking about it now, that's, that's being borne out, right? It is starting to get a bit like, okay, we've heard this before. And, and look, and it, it, like, it happens across genres, you know, it, it happened with the Neptune sounds. Like we all loved it. We all loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And then it died out. It happened with yeah. the bad boy sound and the, yeah. The, the 80s and 70s samples over hip-hop beats and then it got a bit tired and mm-hmm. things change, you know? Um, but I don't know if Neo Soul really changed or really adapted and I felt like they all felt like they could stay in that lane and there wasn't anyone experimenting or trying to push the sound. Bilal did, and that, but that's why Bilal... And in, in, in we, you know, we talked about it on our podcast. It's, that album is held on a higher regard. The problem yeah. with Bilal is that he then didn't follow up, or, or for exactly. whatever reason, he didn't get to follow up and build on that first album the way that D'Angelo was able to build on the first album, and Maxwell was able to to kind of continue building and growing and start doing so forth. So, yeah, it's a d- disappointing, but you know, for Glenn Lewis, I definitely wanted the second album. Like, I wanted more oh, yes. of him. Same. Well, I would I would have gone out there listening to his album in 2013. I think he released is when a, a full project finally came out. There's nothing on there that that kind of screams out to me and makes me want to go to listen to it. I'd rather go and listen to World Outside My Window. Um, is yeah. you know, and and that is a thing where for me anyway, you've waited too long and you haven't grown and you haven't evolved as you would do if you were kind of consistently putting out albums and, and, you, and you know, just being fully immersed in the game. Yeah, we don't yeah. know how immersed in the game he was, but it's not like he's got writing and production credits all over the place. Right. Um, I remember seeing him, or oh, maybe in 2010, 2011, down at Five Bar, um, and it was, it, I mean, it was a bit of a mess of a gig, to be fair. And that's that's not on him. It's not a fair reflection on him. But, um, you know, again, just you need to be in it. Like, it's, it, But then when I thought back to seeing him at Jazz Cafe in, in 2002, when the album was out and it was popping and the place was packed and mm. floatry in the crowd and, you know, like it was, yeah, it was awesome, you know, and you want that. You want that energy, and the only way to keep that energy, I feel, is to stay on it. You know, yeah. and all right, not every D'Angelo was able to wait five years, but not everyone else can wait that. 
that long did i freeze you're freezing well your picture's freezing i can hear your voice speak okay yeah okay you are freezing okay no i agree with you and i think for me i think this all coincides so it's 2002 this comes out and then like i'm saying anthony hammer anthony hamilton comes out in 2003 2003 though is when i go to uni to do music and i'm meeting other people you know i mean i met you there but like the eclectic nature of that course and all the different year groups right um was such that i think i had you start chatting to people and they're telling you about this artist and this artist is like you know you hang out with musos and everyone's got their own interests and then you start it opens your mind it opens your eyes to like other genres of music and blah 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 and i was i was thinking at that time i just started moving away i was still by you know the next album of you know um worldwide underground came out while i was studying there um erica blue's third third album is that a third album right mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah so i was still yeah. buying the albums we, you know we went to see erica badu at that time but i think in terms of sort of like being immersed in neo soul i just it just started i just started moving away from that stuff do you know what i mean like because my interest just just changed and uh yeah and they probably just didn't neo soul just didn't do enough didn't just didn't evolve enough i think from 90 from 95 to say 2001 maybe and then 2001 yeah. onwards the last i guess the last two years yes yeah, when it kind of sort of like dipped i think that that was when and it's really weird to say that like a genre or a subgenre so it really kind of only had its peak for like six years but when i think back to it it feels like neo souls just was here forever but not really not really i mean the, the artists have been around but in terms of being a movement and you know, people saying, you know, like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite music you listen to? Oh, Neo Soul. That's like, that's what I listen to. That's my, that's my shit. That's my jam. That's all I listen to. Yeah, it was. That was. I would say for for me, other people might say differently, but for me, that was like, yeah, ninety five to two thousand one, two thousand two, and then I sort of like moved on a bit to other shizzle. Yeah, mad. As everyone does. As, as everyone, everyone does. As everyone does. But hey. This is still still a great album, still worth listening to. Um, yeah, Ash. Yeah, it might be time. It might be time to say <laughs> say goodbye to the Neo Soul, <laughs> the, the Neo Soul part of this podcast. What is yeah, left? Yeah, I, I think we, we, we're I getting think there, we're right? Getting closer. We're getting closer. Yeah, aren't we? we're definitely getting there. I, I think we we definitely we need to shout about Jazzy Jeff. Uh, and what what he did, um, so I, I think we need to talk about that magnificent album. Oh my gosh! Um, see, I, see, I knew, I knew there was a couple. Yeah, and we get to talk about yeah, Arrow. We, we get to talk, talk about, about Arrow, don't we? We got to talk about yeah. We got to talk about Robertson. I, I feel like, and we do have to talk about Dwelly as well because you know he's he's someone that actually managed to keep it going and come at this at the end of the Neo Soul perspective and still managed to get more than a few albums out and keep some people interested. Whereas I would be, oh, and, and another guy who slept on, and, and I think when you listen to his album, Jay, you're going to love it. A guy called Donny, like uh, a one Ashley, album wonder. Ashley, Ashley, I'm, I'm all about Donny. 
people person man that's like he's yeah he he for a moment he was like he was like my guy yeah and uh yeah this guy, this guy it's, it's a really good album it had Stevie Wonder that it had the Stevie Wonder that this album doesn't have so yeah. there's a, there is there's definitely a handful more but we're, we're getting into the problem we're getting into the reason why we're not talking about Music Soul Child's second and third albums and Jewel Scott's second and third albums because there's just not enough substance in it to make it worthy of us talking about yeah not that we're, exactly. it's great people but we're talking about the great albums and the great Neo Soul albums and you know, those ones don't hit that lane and we, we definitely reach the peak. Like, I don't think anything gets up there with Belal uh, and what Belal did um, in terms of getting close to reaching what D'Angelo, Erica and Maxwell reached yeah. in their album. Yeah, he's, his album is definitely uh, uh, my favourite of, like, better. Like, I like it better than Instant Vintage, definitely. Definitely, Bilal's album. I mean, going back to it, I was like, I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten how much I love that and how how great it is. Not because you can love an album and it can be mediocre, yeah, but you can just have love for it. But I have love for Firstborn Second Plus. I think it's great. I actually think it's great. Not quite masterpiece levels, but but bordering real close, real close. But I think that's because he's just a musician. And sometimes I, f- I feel like you get you get a, a Glenn Lewis who is v- a singer-songwriter. So he can sing, he's got a good voice, and he can write some songs, but he's not a muso in in, in the way. Because you're thinking, oh, well, but Palau doesn't play an instrument, but he doesn't play an instrument, but he you can tell he's a musician. He knows music. Where sometimes I feel like some of these artists, they without the pro- producer behind them, they don't have an idea of what their music, what they want their music to sound like. Whereas someone like Blau and, so, and someone like, say, Eric Abdu, again, they, they even though they might not be musicians in terms of, oh, they can play an instrument, they know what they want, how they want their music to sound. That's, you know, and that mm-hmm. is what, even if they're using the same producers ultimately as other people, that is what makes their sound unique to them because they, they're working with a producer, but they're like, oh, why don't you sprinkle some of this in it and sprinkle some of that in it? Oh, and that, and that makes it Bilal and that makes it Erica Badu. You know what I mean? That's, I, and that's the difference, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. For me. Agreed. Really, mm-hmm. really agreed. Cool. So, folks, brings us to an end. Um, listen to this album. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like we're down, but I think we're more down on where where the genre went. Not on this album. This album's a good album, really good album, and uh, well worth listening to, and uh, well worth listening to, and then telling your friends about it as well. Because yeah, it's a yeah, it's really good. Ash, where can they find you? Mm. Uh, Ashroy Music is Remedy, uh, but also just Reflections Music Podcast. Type Same. that in on Insta and on Twitter, and you will find us there. And we'll post some interesting images and content and dance routines, but also ask some questions that would be great to get your opinions on, like what should Glenn Lewis's second single have been from this album? What should it have been? What do you think it should have been? Because I don't think it should have been. It's this. It's fair. But anyway. 
I can't argue with that, but I love it's not fair. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you can find me at Jamie John Cheat on Twitter. And like Ashley said, please ask me some questions. Um, yeah, questions like, why do I keep saying everyone sounds like Donny Hathaway and Stevie Wonder? Stop saying you it. Don't. You I don't. I do. Sometimes you I feel don't. like I do. Sometimes I feel like I do. But I can, no, but, you don't, man. But you know what it is? It's not. It's not because I feel feel like they don't have their own sound. I just feel like that Neo Soul was kind of born out of a a, a a Marvin Gaye, a Marvin Gaye, Donny Hathaway, and Stevie Wonder petri dish with some prints thrown in for good measure at times yeah and, I, and that's what i feel 100%. like neo, neo soul is i think it's 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 a bit like it was it was a throwback to that yeah yeah, yeah. you know it, yeah, it was yeah. wanting to reconnect with that sound and yeah. with that that time and and essence so exactly yeah no it, it, that makes perfect sense yeah it it's a bit sense. like um yeah i guess it's a bit like when people say uh, uh, uh oh gosh who are the gallagher brothers the gallagher brothers What's the name of their band? Oasis. Oasis, right? And it like Oasis sound like Beatles. Like no, yes, but like maybe like one album <laughs> or a couple of songs of an album, and then and then, but that is the, you know, and people who are fans of Oasis they get irritated by it, but that is that is the fact. It's the truth. <laughs> that, that that's just the facts are. Yeah, and that's not there's nothing wrong with that. You can make great songs even though you're influenced by somebody else. Good. Goodbye, folks. Thanks again for listening. Ash, thank you. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you. We'll catch you on the next one. And we've given you a preview of what's to come, so hopefully you're staying with us for the journey. Yeah, Before we, we take on something completely different, which we haven't worked out yet. We haven't worked out yet, but it'll be good, no matter what, because <laughs> we love music. See you next time. Bye-bye. Nice one, guys. Bye.